Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Mike Catholic from CLNS Media, joined, as always, by 98.5 Sports Hub's Alex Barth. Uh, a lot to get to today, um, as usual, but uh, some news, some very important Patriots news surrounding the quarterback room. Uh, we'll hit on the injuries. Um, we'll get into offensive and defense against the Bears on Monday night. Close it out with some Q&A with you all, and then we will touch on some Thursday night football. Um, but let's get into the most important news of the week, Alex, and that is... The Patriots signed special teamer Raleigh Webb off the <laughs> off the Ravens practice squad this week. Uh, probably a move that will um, sort of a follow up to Cody Davis's injury. Get another body yeah. in there on special teams. A guy who I believe went to the Citadel, uh, the Citadel undrafted yeah. rookie, undrafted rookie this offseason. Uh, played some played a little bit with the Ravens in the preseason practice squad guy was elevated back to their practice squad now, and then the Patriots sign him to the 53. Any initial thoughts on Raleigh Webb coming into the fold here? Again, seems like a special team route mainly, but any thoughts? Yeah, just any... just real quick, because I know people probably want us to get to Mac. I'm a little surprised they didn't give that spot to a tackle. I think we had talked about that earlier this week, how they could – I talked about it. It was this, or the Sports of Patriots podcast, or Catch-22 with Evan Lazar. Um, I, I still think they need to add another tackle to the roster. Uh, or the practice squad. They didn't fill either of those spots with the tackle, so that tells me they're not totally out on Isaiah Wynn yet. Um, yep. That's pretty much my, re- my reaction to it. Webb's going to help fill in for Cody Davis, but uh, I thought they maybe had other guys on the practice squad through elevations who could do that. I thought they could have used another tackle. Yeah. Um, had to touch on it because we touch on everything here, but yep. let's get to the real news of the day. Mac Jones, Patriots quarterback, according to ESPN's Mike Reese, is expected to be ready to play this week against the Chicago Bears on Monday night. Jeff Howe from The Athletic followed that up, saying that there is no QB con- competition controversy in New England and that when Max healthy, he is the guy here. Me and Alex were both down at Gillette Stadium. We got out on at the practice field for about 15 minutes. Mac looked awesome. I tweeted out several videos of it. Alex uh, had some updates out there too, obviously. Um, Mac looked like he was moving better than we've seen since he was injured. He was running around the field jogging with teammates the first time we really saw have seen him in a jog since his injury he was moving through bags very smoothly hardly a limp anymore max ready i think max ready yeah i mean put those two uh uh put those two together right um sorry just somebody pointed out that the uh the youtube video says pats versus browns um put, put those two put those two reports together and 
it pretty much sounds like Mac is starting Monday night, right? Yep. Where it's okay. So Mac, you know, when Mac's healthy, he'll start. And then the second report that Mac is available. Well, if he's available, that means he's healthy. And if he's healthy and he's starting, well, that means he's starting Monday night. So I think we kind of have our answer here. I, I, I know some people kind of got on Jeff for the wording of there is no quarterback competition in New England. I think that means as of the current moment. This doesn't mean that Bailey Zappi is going to get buried. It doesn't mean he's never going to get another chance. But Mac Jones, as I have said, as I have maintained, and I think you have too, Mike, I think you've been on this 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 train that yes. it's still Mac's team. It's still 100%. Mac's team. Bailey Zappi looked good, but it wasn't quite enough over a long enough period of time for Mac to lose his job. Does that mean Mac can't lose his job in the future? No, but it's still Mac's team when he's healthy. Yeah, like you said about the locker room type thing and being his team, I mentioned it on our post-game show. I had tweeted it as well, just the fact that Zappi had been winning over some guys in the room, so it seemed it seemed like everyone was you know on Bailey's side. Even today, when Ramondre spoke to us uh, after practice, he had said that he's impressed with Bailey and there hasn't really been a drop-off. I mean, that's what you're going to say about the guy who's been winning games with you. It's not like you're going to just push this guy to the wayside because he's the backup. Like, he won over... He won the guys over in the room too, but nobody was pushing Mac aside either. So it's his team just as much as it's anybody else's team. He's a captain. He's a leader of this squad. Um, again, looks like he's looks like he's gearing up to play. I don't know what side that's coming from, whether it's Max camp or not, but clearly, you know, like we talk about source information there and Matt, it seemed like it seemed like Mac made a clear effort to be jogging and running around practice today when he knew the media was there um, to kind of get those reports out there. Like I'm back. We're back. Right. Cause he hasn't yeah. done that before. Um, yeah. No, it's he, he looked like a guy who's ready to play. hundred percent. And I've um, said so, this, I, I've said this before, like when we were talking about it, I think really mostly going into the lions game, right? Cause everybody knew he yep. wasn't going to play against the Packers. It was way well, he's out there practice. He's throwing the ball. You know, why can't he play? Well, there's that other other element of he has to get up and down the field with the offense. And if you need to right. go in a two-minute drill, is he going to be able to move the ball up and down? the? Is he going to be able to move sorry, himself up and down the field to, you know, quick snap the ball and all that? So seeing him be able to jog out there today, I mean, that's, you know, when Mike Reese talked about that last hurdle, and we still don't know what that last hurdle is, whatever it is. Yep. But I wonder if it's something related to that. If he can move well enough between plays, and that was the last issue, because yeah. with an injury like this, sometimes that can be sort of the last, um, whatever you want to call it, the last box you check. Right. And a note on that as we get into the injuries here, um, the Bears had, first of all, I guess we can take this off the, off the table now. The Bears had no injuries on their report today. The Bears are healthy as they can be. So that's a good sign for them. But we'll, let's, let's morph this into the injuries because although Mac did move so well, he was well, still listed as one- a... The one notable thing about the Bears not having anybody on the injury report. Mm-hmm. All right, so Nikhil's full go. Let's yes. go. Let's do this. We will, the return. Yes, that's, the return is more than on the table uh, and, on, and this, the, on this show. I'll give, tonight, a little, I'll give a little tease here. I have an actual score prediction for this Patriots game based on that news. So I'm actually going to give a prediction this time. Then you have to stick around for the entirety yeah. of Patriots beat tonight, folks. Um, so, yeah. No, no, nothing to report on the Bears front uh, early in the week, their first injury report, but no signs of uh, any troubles there. So good news for Bears and Bears fans that they are coming into this one pretty much fully healthy since last week. Moving into the injury report, like I was saying about Mac, moving around very well. 
talking about that last hurdle, he was still listed as limited in practice today. So we obviously don't know what that means in its entirety, but he was one of the guys listed as was not a full participant post us leaving the, the practice field. Right. But that can, I mean, it, it's, it's tough to tell. That can mean so many different things. Like you said, sure. did he, did he come off the field 10 minutes after practice ended or did he miss one drill? Right. Cause he had, you know, right. it, his ankle was, was flaring up a little bit. So I, I, he, he's limited. I, it's, it's tough to read into that right. other than, all right, he's dealing with something. Right. He's still injured. So that's another thing. It's, right. It, they got to, they got to play by the rules, by the NFL's injury report rules. So, by, by rule, they have to listen as limited. But again, Mac looks good. We'll get into that when we get into the offense. Um, but the Patriots report is filled with guys, uh, whether they were limited, full, or did not practice. I think the biggest, this is in my opinion, especially where this team is going or has been going over the last several weeks with the way they attack their offense, Damian Harris was a full participant in practice today with his hamstring injury. Harris uh, injured the hamstring against the Lions two weeks ago. It was reported a few times that he was set to miss a couple weeks and that they were going to lean on Stevenson pretty heavy here. Um, obviously, the the bulk has been on Stevenson the last two weeks, but uh, Harris was a full participant, so it looks like he traveled to Cleveland last weekend. Did not end up playing, but him being him being full go today is huge. I think that I think that's a good sign that they'll have they'll be able to split the carries uh, from the running back position on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I'm a broken record at this point with, you know, they need to be careful about Ramondre Stevenson. Right. And he kind of talked about that today, how yeah. he's definitely starting to feel it. Getting mm-hmm. Damian Harris back would be massive because I I don't think they're totally there yet with, with Kevin Harris. I know he got three touches no. last week. I don't think they're totally there yet with Pierre Strong. They could have elevated J.J. Taylor. They didn't. Yep. So to me, it's either Damian Harris or it's fully on Ramondre. And I, I think getting Damian Harris is going to be huge getting him back is going to be huge for Ramondre Stevenson, especially right. against this defense this is a physical defense they come they hit yep. they're very good against the run so getting him getting Ramondre some help would be big yeah at the same time that I started saying on this very show that Ramondre needs the bulk of the carries and make him your bell cow and yada 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 Harris goes down Stevenson's getting a crazy workload and now I'm sitting here saying to myself okay they need Harris back to take some of this off his plate so uh it should be good news for the running back room as a whole so Damien Harris, a full participant today at practice. Some other ones, uh, Mike Onwenu, ankle injury was limited. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, turf toe limited. Johnu limited. Barmore limited. But it looks like Barmore kind of dodged the bullet a little bit. People were kind of worried about his injury when he went down uh, with the knee. Yeah, it looked a little scary. Yeah, it looked tough. He came off. I think they, I think there was some injury music and they went to commercial. If I, if I remember correctly, so. um, But no, Barmore limited again. Looks like he dodged the bullet. So I guess that's good news, but. You know, Bourne being limited, Jonu again being limited with the they're banged up on offense with Onwenu as well. So, well, then um, Aguilar Aguilar was a non-participant. Aguilar was also a DNP. I might have missed that. Hamstring. That might have been uh, host not listening. But and that one's interesting because no, as long it, yeah. as he's out, so he was limited all week last week, and now yep. he's downgraded. And we know hamstrings can be tricky. So right. that was interesting for me to see. And as long as he's out, you know, Tyquan Thornton's going to get a ton of chances. And I'm not saying he'll get no chances when Nelson Aguilar comes back, but. Could be another big week for him, especially against yeah. a, a rough pass defense. Yeah. Um, good. Like you said, good chances for Thornton there. Um, it's I, I had just said that, you know, it's tough with the bangs, the bang ups here on especially the receiver side. But if you can get Tyquan more reps, he's he's taken full advantage of them over the last two yeah. weeks. He was awesome last week, too. So I guess it's 
you never want an, an injury is never good news. So do not take this out of context. But them being able to put Taekwon in under poor circumstances is ultimately good for you know his well, future. I guess um, this is also why when everybody wanted to trade a wide receiver over the summer, this is why I was right. pushing back on it because yep. the depth was you know. Nels Naglor is a history of getting banged up. Devontae Parker is a history of getting banged up. Tyquan Thornton's a rookie. As, as good as he yep. looked, you don't know. They were going to need all this depth. And boom, here we are. And if they were down to even one of these guys, you know, you'd be talking about LJ Humphrey playing a significant role or them having to go to Trey Nixon or Lynn Bowden here. Like right. they're in they're in they're in a comfortable spot right now because they didn't end up pulling the trigger on any of those trades. I mean, those rumors even came up last week as Jeremy Fowler reported right. that there was interest in Kendrick Bourne. There's interest in them potentially moving Aguilar too. So uh, they're, but I mean, they're both, I don't want to say down, but they're both a uh, little banged up right now. So you got to keep those guys around because again, they, they're gone and there's, there's not much else behind them. So football um, season is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events: MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jonu Smith, again, limited, but I think he played last week. He did play last week. He, he looked play, pretty yeah. good. Uh, he Again, yeah, he had a couple seam throws and whatnot. Um, but the one that I'm wondering about is Mike Onwenu because he popped up today. He's been huge at the guard position. A guy who we talked about last show was always – when he originally came in his rookie season, he was really good, and they stuck him at guard. He came in as a tackle, then they stuck him at guard, and he was great. The two years after that, he was kind of shuffled around the offensive line a little bit. Wasn't I mean, he's still a, he's a quality player, but he's best when he is stuck at one position. As he is at guard this year, he's been phenomenal. Um, do you make anything of the Onwenu injury? Because Isaiah Wynn is also, uh, was also questionable today, limited today with, um, I believe, a... I can't remember. I don't have it pulled up. I can't remember when it was either. Um, but again, Win was limited too, so they're banged up in the offensive line too. So if they don't have Onwenu there, that's that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough one for what they're going to want to do against the Bears. Yeah, and Win was a shoulder injury. Um, oh right, okay. Um, yeah, Onwenu's been their best offensive lineman, and he's kind of had to yeah. be at times because David Andrews is more often than not going left to help Cole Strange, and that's yep. how it kind of goes with the rookie. He's obviously got Isaiah Win on his other side and. Win just got benched again. Yep. So he's been asked to do a ton and he's held up incredibly well. The good news is he finished the game last week. So you think maybe it's just the course of going through the season and he'll be all right. But that's, right. that's not a guy they can afford to lose. Uh, he's been tremendous and, and he's kind of been in some ways, the linchpin of that offensive line. I think it really is David Andrews and it's always been, but yep. uh, Michael and when has been a huge, huge, huge part of what they've done. Yep. Uh, Another one that, now that I have the full report up in front of me, that is going to be interesting to see how it plays out is Lawrence Guy with his shoulder. He's limited. He was limited today. He didn't play the last two weeks. He was limited the last two weeks against two teams in the Lions and the Browns. That yep. keep, Now that we're looking at the uh, the title, Browns-Bears is going back and forth on me. Limit, or did not play against the Browns. Two teams that have really good uh, 
run offenses, and they were able to pretty much shut them down to get to the win. This week, same thing. The Bears, their pass offense is nowhere near the strength of their offense. Uh, they rely on the run game a little bit as well. Uh, we'll get into that more in depth. But win looks like Lee's or win guy looks like he's limited again here. Um, looks like he's on the right direction to potentially play. But how important would it be to have him out there uh, on Monday? Yeah, he'd be a big addition, but they they played yeah. the run incredibly well without him. So if they can let him get healthy, I know people have talked about this with Mac Jones. I think it's a wildly different conversation at the quarterback position. But if they can let Lawrence Guy get healthy, I think they can let him get healthy, right? I think they should. Yeah. They, they can afford to. The way that right. defensive line's played, Carl Davis has played maybe the best football he's played since getting to the Patriots. Obviously, we know Dietrich Wise is having a career year. Christian Barmore, assuming he's healthy, he's played well. Um I, I, I'm fine if they let Lawrence guy take his time coming back. I think that they're, yeah. it's not a knock on Lawrence guy. They've just, they've played very well up front and, and Raekwon McMillan's fully healthy now coming down from the second level, another run stopper. So that'll help as well. Yeah. And the last one here did not play last week. Josh Uche was back uh, at practice today in a limited capacity, but again, another guy who looks like he's trending in the right direction because he missed last yeah. Friday, did not play on Sunday. Now he's back on the field. So hopefully they'll get him back out there. He's uh he was a hamstring as well. So the guy on the the front seven guy that uh, will ultimately just help them continue to be the dominant defense that they've been. Uh, so let's talk offense, right? Uh, like we said, it looks like Max set to be back at the helm for the New England offense. They've played two secondary defenses, if you will. They're, they're not great defenses in the NFL the last two weeks, and they were able to get two wins. Mac Jones comes back. The Bears haven't been great this year, but their defense is better. They they continue to play better defenses week after week here in this stretch. Um, their defense has let up the third fewest passing yards in the NFL, but they've also let up the second most rushing yards behind the Seahawks. I think they're letting up like 4.8 yards per carry right now. So um, two guys to worry about on their defense as they scheme it up here. There's two guys, in my opinion, and it's Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson. Um, Roquan leads them in tackles. Eddie Jackson has three interceptions. He's good on the back end uh, in both phases of the game. But um, initial thoughts kind of on this defense and how they can match up against them. Yeah, the, I mean, the first thing I look at when I look at a defense, and you kind of just got to it there, is do they have playmakers at all three levels? Because right. that's where if there's one playmaker, you can kind of isolate that guy at times, unless it's a boundary corner. You can sort of isolate that guy. I would say the Bears have at least one playmaker at all three levels. The guys you mentioned, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson. I would also yep. throw Robert Quinn into that category personally. Yeah. Coming off that strong side edge. So, and, and, and they've got, you know, in terms of support behind those guys, the big one for me is Jaquan Brisker. I, I think Jaquan Brisker is fantastic. I really thought he was going to end up a Patriot, if we're being honest. Uh, You've said that about draft, a lot of guys in this eight. NFL. <laughs> I uh, my, my draft board is like 80 players. Um, yeah, okay. Brisker is one of those like big physical hybrid safeties, right? Um, really smart football player. So I, between him and Jackson on the back end, and if it is Mac, I think, it, you know, a lot of people who don't want Mac to play have, have kind of leaned on those five interceptions in three games. I think when you actually go back and watch the interceptions, instead of just dry humping the stat sheet, there's a lot more context and nuance to those plays that it's not all on Mac. That being said, I think where he did ultimately run into trouble on those plays and maybe other plays that weren't picked off but should have been are he lost track of lurkers defensively. He lost track just of kind of guys on the back end who maybe don't have a true assignment other than follow the quarterback. Eddie Jackson's going to do that. Jaquan Brisker's going to do that at times. 
if Max starts like we think he will, that's going to be the biggest thing for me is him keeping track of those guys and not allowing those guys to get one over on him. I think if he can do that, I like Trent Brown uh, against uh, Robert Quinn. I like at the very least that should be a neutral matchup. Roquan Smith, they can kind of work their way around. You know, maybe you're running more on the outside to get him off the ball. Maybe you're pulling guards. So there's somebody meeting him when you get through the hole. To me, it's in the passing game. Mac Jones not letting those two safeties uh, take advantage of him. And then on the flip side of that, I, I said this going into the Lions game. They got to attack in the slot. Kyler Gordon is a rookie yes. who a lot of people thought was a fit for the Patriots. I did not. I, I didn't have him very high on my list, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah right. He's <laughs> he's allowed 33 catches on 44 targets for 383 yards. I mean, he has gotten beat up badly in the slot. I, I kind of talked about when we led up to the Lions game, you want to make things easy for Bailey Zappi. It's his first NFL start. Throw the ball to the slot. Well, yep. you also want to make, you know, Mac Jones' first live action in three weeks. It's supposed to be raining, so that compounds everything, right? You want to make things easy for him, give him those quick-release options. That would be Jacoby Myers, and that's a matchup yep. against Kyler Gordon that he should absolutely win. 100%. I think, again, that's that's where I was going to go in this next sort of part on the offense here is attack attack the hell out of Kyler Gordon. A guy yeah. out of Washington, like you said, um, a top corner off the board. But again, he's he's struggled so far early in his career against the Bears and or with the Bears. I think it's probably due to, like you said, teams just now know that they can attack him. And now he's in. They automatically put him in a bind and they match up their best players on him. Right. Pat's got to continue to do that with Jacoby in the slot. Um, the other thing, like you said, with Mac Jones and making him continue to feel comfortable. I've said it. It sounds like a broken record the last three weeks, but also with the addition of Mac Jones in here, they got to keep running this offense the same exact way they've called it the last three weeks with Zappy at the Yeah, Run heavy, run first, set up play action, quick routes, you know, two-man routes, get guys in space. The, the same stuff they've run with Zappy, that's exactly how you get Mac acclimated back into the NFL against a team like the Bears who pretty good, pretty good against the pass, but they can – they. Patriots can scheme scheme it up against them just like they've done the last few weeks. Um, good matchup, like you said, with uh, with Jacoby on Gordon. Uh, Got to worry about Eddie Jackson in the back end. Worry about Roquan in the run game. It leads them in tackles. Uh, but again, it seems it's it's another favorable matchup as long as they continue to run this offense the way they have with Zappy. Yeah, I, that's kind of the big question, right? Is it what what is the driving force behind the elevation of this offense? Is it Six weeks in, they've kind of learned what the strengths are and they're playing to it. Or is it, there was the Mac offense and right. there was the Bailey Zappi offense and that's that, you know, it's it's a clear line of demarcation. If it's the first thing, I love Mac in this new offense, all that play action stuff. I think it's, it's, it's a version of what they were doing last year, right? Mm-hmm. But there's... There's there's opportunity for more aggressive throws. There's more opportunity to attack down the field, especially yep. with Tyquan Thornton. And that was really the big thing coming into the coming into the summer, right? What's the biggest thing you want to see for Mac Jones? I want to see him kind of test the secondary a little bit more in the intermediate right. deep parts of the field. If it's the if it's the second thing, if it's well, nope, that was Bailey's offense and he ran that, and it's Mac's offense. No, it can't be that. It didn't bad work. It's not just that it didn't work for Mac. It didn't work for anybody. And I'm sorry, in the NFL, especially when you have this running game, and if there's one thing we know about this offense, Mike, when they get that gap power scheme going, they can run the football. Yep. With the, There's no excuse to run play action as little as they did. 
None. Yeah. That needs to, and under center play action, that needs to continue to be a part of their offense. Most of those big plays Bailey Zappi hit came off and were a result of under center play action. That needs to continue to be a thing. It has to. And again, it's the idea that it, that they came into this summer of pushing the ball downfield and utilizing the increased arm strength, if you will, of Mac Jones and playing to the level that other offensive in, offenses in this league play at. It makes sense from, you know, a, a 30,000 foot view, but when it clearly doesn't work with the personnel you have, and I, I get that, you know, they've brought in, they brought in guys like Tyquan Thornton now who can stretch the field and a guy like Devonte Parker, who is a downfield guy, contested catch type guy. Um, it made sense to integrate that into your offense, but it can't be the lone thing with this spread them out. No play action nonsense. Like I'm trying to pull it up right here that Evan Lazar tweeted from Patriots.com. Interesting nuggets from next gen stats. The passing plays with this, this is incredible passing plays with just five pass five blockers in pass protection. They ran 81% of the time. Mac only had five blockers zappy 51% of the time. He only had five blockers. They have guys in there. They're running play action. They're running. Like you said, not like airmail offense. You're again, scheming it up in essentially an easier read for your quarterback. And that's what they have to do with Mac Jones, at least to start integrate. Like you said, the deep downfield, the deeper downfield throws that Mac was hitting. Don't, don't, don't forget about that. He made some of the best throws of his career against the Ravens in the game that he got hurt. Um, a couple right. of Kendrick Bourne, I believe to Aguilar, he had a few. So like he has the, he has the ability to do it, but you have to scheme it up better for him. And and what's weird for me, people keep like, they look at that stat and they say, Oh, well, you know, they had to make the offense easier for Bailey Zappi. They shouldn't have to for Mac Jones. Why wouldn't you want to make the offense easy for your quarterback? Right. Like that's kind of what this whole, you know, pulling your hair out, screaming things since the summer has been. Why are they making this harder than it needs to be? If it right. works, it works. The level of difficulty shouldn't really matter as long as you're putting points on the board. So it really felt like they were putting it. And I, I said this before Mac got hurt. It really felt like they were just putting everything on Mac's shoulders to start the season. And that's a wild ask of your second year quarterback. I don't care right. how good of a rookie season he had. They didn't do that with Bailey Zappi really at all. There's got to be some sort of happy medium where like, Okay, it's not a total handcuff vanilla offense, but you're also basically not asking the kid to go out and win the game one on eleven. Like, right? It's, it's in the middle ground. Feels like the offense they're running with Bailey Zappi with more deep route combinations ingrained into it. Shouldn't that's a little bit of an oversimplification, but but that's I essentially don't think what it is. Much. Right, right. And like you, like you're saying, it's a, it's a really good point that you just, you bring up. It's like, why wouldn't you want to make it easier? It's not like, it's not like they're dumbing it down to a, like a wing T offense that right. they're running three passing plays a game and winning games 15 to 10 on their defense and only putting up just enough. They've scored 29 and 38 points over the last two weeks. They're scoring points with the offense being simpler Still scheming guys up. It's not like they're they're not scoring the football like well, other teams in the NFL. They're literally it's against points. bad defenses. They do they do need to be a bit more explosive, but not of course. I don't think but, a ton. Like, but you get the them, point. We're on the same page, right? Yeah. It, what, them succeeding against these defenses tells you at least the basic framework is in place, right? Hundred percent. Build off. Nobody's saying run the same offense they ran. Maybe some people are, but I'm not saying run the same offense against Detroit and Cleveland, but 
use that as the base and build off of the it ideas instead of around it, building off of whatever that whatever that was the first three weeks. Hundred percent. Um. So yeah, I think uh, again Stevenson now they'll run this offense like we said, run it basically the same way as Zappy at least as a baseline. Um. We mentioned it in injuries, but Damian Harris being back is huge because they're going to want to establish the run. Stevenson has to be your one, but he needs help spelling. He needs help as with a spell back because Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, just didn't do it last week. I don't see them giving them opportunities here again if Harris is out. Um, I mean, they may have to in theory, but they'll continue to maybe get some jet sweeps in there with Thornton again. Uh, pass the ball more, get guys on like quick outs to establish a... I mean, a screen is essentially a run play if the, you scheme it up correctly. Um, huge to have Harris back. I think that's I think that's a big piece uh, for their offense this week is having Harris back. If he's back, I even him being a full participant, I I don't know. I'm not convinced yet. I hamstrings are just tricky, right? The report was yeah, that's multiple true. Weeks, it would be huge having. Like, I don't disagree with anything that you said. If he plays, right. I'm just I I'll believe it when I see it. I think I just I don't know. I default to that report. And I know the the theme of this week is kind of don't believe everything you read on the internet, but I, uh, (laughs) I, I still think that, that he's a week away. I just, hamstrings are weird, man. Hamstrings are weird. It's going to be in the rain, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, That's a fair point. Well, you just said it with Aguilar too. Aguilar is another hammy guy who was limited last week. Doesn't play. You think he's getting more rest. He's getting more healthy on the right track. And then he's a DNP today. So again, can be very tricky. Um, but it'd be huge to have him on the offensive side of the ball. It would it's going to be big. Boost, yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a big boost. The biggest boost, I've said it till I've been blue in the face, is going to be Mac. I think Mac needs to get comfortable. We've beat it up. We've beat it on the head for the last fifteen minutes now. But Mac being in there is going to be ginormous for this team. I really think so. I think it it gives them, you know, as much as they're winning and as much as we keep, I guess, not we because I haven't really. I mean, it's it's out there. The QB controversy is out there. But the longer we keep pounding that narrative, the worse it gets internally because they listen. I mean, don't get me wrong. They listen and they hear it. So get Mac back on board. Get this team going in one direction and they can compete because their defense is legit, which we'll get right. into right after this. Before, Do you have anything more on the offense besides that? Um, I think uh, we hit no, I think we're good. It, but yeah, cool. So before we get into this dominant defense that the Patriots had, let's talk about LinkedIn, Alex, because LinkedIn is the exclusive sponsor of the Patriots B podcast around CLNS. And so these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn jobs here at CLNS media to post our job openings and it works like a charm. LinkedIn jobs makes it super easy to post your openings Do you then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring? Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 2022 is coming to a close, so now's the perfect time to finish the year off right with a new team member. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering high-quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. As always, terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into this defense, this star-studded, dominant defense that we've seen for the last two weeks against two not-so-great offenses. The offense gets even worse this week with the Bears. Um, 
this offense is pretty abysmal, especially from a passing standpoint. Uh, Justin Fields has less than a thousand passing yards through six games. Um, Josh Allen, who leads the league, has 1,000 more passing yards than Justin Fields. I was a Justin Fields guy coming into his draft. I think he's a skilled player. He has a pretty strong arm. He's obviously very dynamic in the way he plays, but the Bears sort of feel like the Jets right now where they just can't get behind the developing a quarterback type thing that most other, not most other teams, but a lot of different teams do. They kind of, they feel like a team that struggles to develop quarterbacks right now. And he's just the latest culprit there. Um, Their run game is a little bit better. Uh, They have a, they have a pretty solid run game. Khalil Herbert, I think is 11th in the NFL right now in rushing yards. Um, They also have David Montgomery who has been out a couple weeks with an injury, but he's been back. They have two really good backs. They're going to try and pound the rock. Patriots need to stop it, and they've done that the last two weeks. Yeah, I I just think it really all comes down to fields, and Bill kind of talked about that this this week. Like he is doing what he can in the context of that offense to compete, and everything's sort of falling right. around behind, falling apart behind right. him. Even their great running game is a lot of him just kind of creating off. Like they don't run a ton of designed runs for him, yet he still has a ton of rushing right. yards. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to give you some interesting numbers here, Mike. Um, in terms of where the Bears' offensive line is at, because it really all starts with the offensive line. The Bears are the most pressured team in the National Football League this year. Justin Fields has been pressured on 31.2% of his dropbacks. He has been sacked 23 times, which is tied with Carson Wentz for the most sacked quarterback in football. So, most pressures, most sacks. You want to know how often the Bears have been blitzed this year? Let's hear it. Dead last. They've seen 39 blitzes in six games. So you know what that tells me about this game? If if you're the Patriots, because the one thing the Bears do lead the league in is explosive plays because they do have a guy in Darnell Mooney who can do a lot after he catches the football. And the running yeah. backs can as well. Right. And where that doesn't come from them like designing things and like these great. No, it's a play absolutely breaks down. Justin Fields extends it for four, five, six seconds. Corner falls off the receiver, boom, down the field. So yep. what this game is to me is you don't need to blitz to turn up the pressure on to turn up the pressure on Justin Fields. You really shouldn't. Right. Four guys on the line of scrimmage. Don't over pursue, contain Justin Fields. Don't let him run around and then just drop everybody you can back into coverage and, and make sure guys aren't running free if he extends the play. To me, it might be that simple. Just a disciplined game, just a disciplined game from the defensive line should get it done. That's how much of a mess this offense is. The NFL, it's not a simple game. It's the hardest, it's the hardest game to coach. It's the hardest game to play, hardest football game to play, hardest football game to coach in the world. The game plan this week, it really does. It feels that simple. It's a team that like you get after them with no blitz, and the Patriots, whose secondary has been really impressive this year. You hold them in the secondary, and it feels like a really good recipe for success. It's it's a bit similar recipe, like I said, to what they've had against the Lions and the Browns, whose run game is clearly better than the pass game. And they've stopped the run, and they've held up the pass. They've made the quarterback beat them, and it feels like that's going to be the same recipe here. Make Justin right. Fields beat you. A much more dynamic quarterback, like like we've said, than the last two, but I don't know. I feel like... If, if the pass rush... The there cake. were some... There were some times, especially in that Lions game, where I thought maybe Jared Goff, had he been more athletic, would have had a chance to make some plays. 
Sure. As long as the defensive line is disciplined, they're not over pursuing, they should be fine. That that's yeah. that's what it comes down to to me. Dietrich Wise, uh, uh Matthew Judon not allowing him to, you know, get around the edge, and then Barmore, Godshaw, whoever it is in the middle, just just getting their hands up in those passing lanes. Yeah, I mean, talking about it, looping the injuries back in like I've done the last couple of times, but like you think about Lawrence Guy being on the inside to stop the run, but they've had success without him the last two weeks and Barmore hopefully will get some reps in there, but like they don't have to rush Lawrence guy back because they've been so well at you. You brought up the stat last week with Chubb. He got his carries or he didn't get his carries, but like he only had, he had like two chunk plays. And besides that, his yards per carry was like less than three. So they contain the run to win the football game without Lawrence guy and, Barmore for most of the game. They don't need to rush. I I don't think they should rush guy back now that I'm really thinking about it and talking it through here directly on this podcast with you. They just need to con- continue to contain the run like they did. I mean, it again, it really feels that simple. Um, Yeah. That's, I mean, not much more notes on defense for me because this Patriots secondary, I feel like pretty much clearly matches up better. Like they're, they're, they're better than this receiving core for the bears. I think, Taking away Cole Komet with Kyle Duggar is a simple task. I think Yeah. whether they run man or zone here, realistically, they match up. I mean, Mooney's their best receiver, and I think that mix Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones against a guy like Donna Mooney, the Patriots win that all day. Jonathan Jones, he's fast, but Jonathan Jones should be able to yeah. run with him. Exactly. So it's, I mean, the game plan's there. They just need to execute it. They've executed it for two weeks. They really have the momentum. Judon talked about that today when Dan Roach asked him, kind of what what they're doing and how they're how they're playing so well and it's like they're just really gelling right now as a unit and i think they'll continue to do that on monday night yeah yeah i would agree with um that. that's 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 realistically easy game plan on defense so um for y'all in the chat i think we can open this up to some q a um we have a bit of time we got through that one uh o and d pretty quick here with mac jones and uh the clear the clear win I think the Patriots have on the defensive side of the ball here. So we'll see if we can get some questions in the chat and we'll start to answer some of those before we wrap this thing up with some Thursday night football talk. Yep. So just, I guess, throw your questions in the chat. Yeah. Drop them in guys. Somebody asked any earlier in the show that we can kind of get started with here. Um, Nope. Maybe not. Not seeing any, any questions. Any news on Ty Montgomery. Yeah. Um, Bill still won't give us an update on him. So no, no, it, yeah, it's nothing it's, really. Yeah. It's I weird. I saw him in the hallway today. We were at Gillette. I saw him walk by in the hallway. I said, what's up, Ty? He seems like he was right. in good spirits, but. <laughs> so he's in the building. There you go. Yes. He was in the building. Uh, uh, that's all right. I'm, I'm going to bring this one up. Cause I see people talking about it. This happened or was noticed right after we started the show. Your Isaiah favorite, Wynn. Alex, your favorite. Drama. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Is that, that you will look his, his job is sort of up in the air. Is this a sign that he's been told he was benched? Could be. It Maybe he's just clearing the clutter. I don't know. I don't think it means he's getting traded. Some people on Twitter asked me about that. I don't think it no. means uh, he's getting traded. Speaking of trades. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess this means is Nelson getting traded. I think is what this yeah. was supposed to say. Yeah. I don't really know what, what the value would be at this point. Like, no, is any team going to come calling about it? Right. He hasn't shown it. He hasn't shown anything of necessary value where you're going to get anything back. That's reasonable. Right. 
I, I just, I don't know. Like the trade's not going to be there. And it, in regards to it opening up the cap space, it's such a different circumstance now than it was at the, you know, in camp that I just, could they trade him if they wanted to? Probably. He's still, as much as people are down on him, he's still good depth. And I, I I don't know that trading him is ultimately going to be worth losing that depth. I just, you're not going to get anything. It's going to be, if you trade Nelson Aguilar at this point, it's probably him in a seventh for a sixth. That's just not worth burning the depth right now, especially right. when you don't really free up any money. Right. Uh, well, Marcus Jones get more snaps at slot cornerback this game. I'm just going to read them too, in case we got some people okay. listening not on not on YouTube. So yeah, next no, question. That's a, that's will a good Mar- call. You're yeah. the host. Will Mark Will Marcus Jones get more snaps at slot cornerback this game, Alex? I'd like to see it. I mean, he's been playing Me more too. and more, right? Uh, if Jonathan Jones doesn't play, he definitely will. I think that's part of the reason he played more last week. I, I've been saying I want to see him more on defense, and it's kind of been a gradual increase, which is the same with Jack Jones. He just started from a, you know, Marcus Jones wasn't playing. Jack Jones started at about 30% and has been gradually increasing. So I think we'll see him a little bit more. I don't know about a ton, but yeah, I I, I do think, I, I, I think he's done enough in the last two games where he's actually somewhat been featured defensively that right. he hasn't given them any reason to take him off the field. Again, I think the increase in snaps will be gradual, but he's given them no reason to play any less snaps. And that kind of is really all you can ask for from a rookie, especially in the Patriots system. They're always going to bring guys along slowly, but if they're not giving them a reason to decrease the snaps, they're trending in the right direction. Right. Um, Mixing this into this next question here, is John Jones back? John Jones was limited at practice today with his injury. Um, not much more insight than that. I think that he was probably close to a game time ish decision last week. He was limited as well. Um, I think there's a good chance he's back this week, and I think it would be actually be huge to have him back to take Mooney out of the offense completely and make them beat you with Fields and Nikhil Harry, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd like to see him back, and and like you said, it's, it'd be a great game to have him back for the speed. Right. I, I I don't know. You know, I don't have an update on where his ankle's at. I will say the fact it's likely going to rain sort of makes it that much trickier to project with some of these guys with lower body injuries. So that's yeah. just one thing I'd keep in mind. Um, I want to bring this one up because I think this sure. is a good point. Does yeah. Brian Hoyer get cut down? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it because he's so valuable, especially when you have two young quarterbacks. Right. He's so valuable in that room as another coach, as a teacher. They rave about kind of the work he does in the classroom, in the film room. They're, they might leave him on IR. Right, I can't. There's zero reason for them to cut him. They shouldn't cut him. That would they should not cut him. him. And that's what I was going to say. Just about you know leaving him on IR, keeping him in the building. Like when we were in the locker room today, I walked by Garrett Gilbert's locker and I was like, "Huh, Mac back, Zappy clear backup. Is this it for Garrett Gilbert?" But if you keep four guys in that locker or four guys in that quarterback room, it's not a bad. It's not a bad place to be at. You can continue to keep Gilbert on the practice squad. Um, you have a body there who now is slowly but surely learning this offense that over the last two years and Hoyer can still be the, the heads guy and Gilbert can be the body. So I think both end up, both of them end up sticking around throughout the rest of the season. There's no, there's no point in cutting Hoyer, like you said. Right. And it's somebody, I, I just said, he's very valuable. Somebody said, how valuable are we talking? Well, on IR, I mean, what value are you losing by keeping right. him on IR? And even if they right. want to bring him back, probably for Kevin Harris, who right. isn't really playing anyway. So yeah, I, I would, I would say it, he's 
you're not missing out by giving him a roster spot. The value he at, I mean, when he's on IR, he's on IR. Doesn't take up anything. Right. Even when he's on the roster, I think the value he adds is the teacher. And I, they can't make him a coach. They just can't. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. At least you're not in right the building. You're in the building more. You make less money. He doesn't want to be a coach. We need to put that narrative away. Right. He, you literally work. When more he retires, we can talk less. about it. When he I retires, still don't think we can do talk it, about though. it. <laughs> yeah. He's. I believe he said he'd be interested in getting into coaching, but okay. the point is, he's not going to do it until he absolutely has to. Right. Right. Like you said, less money. You're in the building more. But if none of the 32 teams are going to pay you to be a player, well, then that's the only way you're getting in the building. That's what I mean right. by we talk okay. about it when he retires. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting one. Nope, not that no. one. <laughs> um, what happened to Dev McCourty? Haven't seen him out there. You want to go first on this one or? No, go for it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that he's been, with some of the injuries, he's been tasked into some coverage situations that, haven't gone great for him. I still think he's played well when he's in that traditional deep safety role. Um, right. I, I would like to see them putting him less in one-on-one -on -one coverage though. I don't really know where that's coming from. They haven't yeah. done that in a couple of years. So I understand why he looks a little out of place there. Cause he is sort of out of position. He's a guy who looks, who's good in his role. And he's a guy that they maybe trust a little bit too much now, if you will, um, for, you know, Crap hits the fan. We need Devin to go play a position that we might not have had him do necessarily, like you said, in a position like one-on-one -on -one or, you know, whatever the case may be. They're like, oh, Dev can do it. And he yeah. gets caught up sometimes because he's he's getting to that age. But, I mean, he's still valuable in the role that he plays here. So, yeah. Uh, here we go. I think there's a question from Mike. Who are the Lancers? Who are the Lancers? The Worcester State Lancers. Worcester, Massachusetts, Division Three football team. And why do you have that helmet on your wall? And why do I have it? Because I played backup quarterback, Division Three football for four years. There you go. Mike I was, was the, the clipcord guy. Mike was the Bailey Zappy of yes, Worcester State. Exactly. They all they I all was. had Cadlick fever. Cadlick fever. When, when Cadlick came, when when came in to start a game, they would win. It's like, why isn't this kid playing? No, I'm kidding. But let's, yeah, those are the Lancers, Worcester State. Um, let's, this is a good question. This is probably a deeper conversation than just real quick. What are the expectations for Mac in the new Zaley, Zap in the new Zappy style offense? I think to be sort of, you know, the guy he was last year, but more explosive, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what you're looking for is for him to take advantage of what he did last year, but maybe mix in some more chances down the field. Um, the expectations should be high because it's an offense. I was just going to say the expectations are high. The thing about to put it bluntly, the offense at the beginning of the year and why I hated it, and why I think a lot of people didn't like it. And this is from camp to Matt getting hurt. It didn't play to his skill set. It didn't. Right. And I don't care who your quarterback is. You know, people act like tailoring an offense to a quarterback is some sort of sign of deficiency about the quarterback. No. Every offense, the Bills' offense is tailored to Josh Allen. The Chiefs' offense is tailored to Patrick Mahomes. Like, you tailor the offense to your quarterback or you're dumb. And it just felt like they were kind of getting away from that. This offense that they're running with Zappy, because Mac and Zappy have similar skill sets. Maybe Mac has those skills at a more advanced level, but the, the 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 prototype is the same. The archetype is the same. This is an offense that's tailored to Mac Jones' skill set. He yep. should be better in it. He should be hundred percent. I think the expectations, like you said, they're I think they're I think they're really high. Not in a bad way, but it's like okay, Zappy Zappy succeeded in the offense the last two weeks. 
Mac is in theory a better quarterback than Zabby by pretty much all accounts, besides maybe mobility a little bit. They should be high. He's another year in the NFL. Again, I think that this should have been the offense all along. And I if Max behind center, even if he's at 85, 90%, I expect big things from him on Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, I um, agree with that. If you don't have a question, I have one for you because Go you'll love it. this one. Okay. Um, I don't know what the line is. I haven't looked at the props yet for this game, but if Nikhil Harry's over-under is one and a half receptions, Alex, are you taking the over? Take the over on targets. He's got to catch the football. But, yeah. I I mean, teams do this, right? He's coming back. It's, it's no secret it didn't end well here for him. There's probably, I don't want to say there's bad blood, but he probably doesn't have a favorable feeling towards the Patriots organization. If he plays, I would think the Bears give him a couple chances. Now, yeah. how those chances will go is a bigger question, but I, I would expect if he plays, they've got two or three plays in the playbook meant to kind of get him open. Well, the receiver like, is- and end arounds and stuff like that. Yeah, the receiver room isn't that great in Chicago. I mean, Darnell it's not, Mooney, it's Darnell Mooney guy- in a drop. The guys so that like, are playing are all tiny. They need that size. Like, they're kind of counting on, and, you know, we've been there. They're kind of counting on Akil Harry to, to fill a role here and kind of help unlock their quarterback. That's Don't look forward to anything, Bears fans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're Bears fans. They don't need to be told that. But, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, well, I, I, you know what? I, I think it goes over on targets. I think he ends up with four or five targets. I think he ends up with a carry, like an end around. Interesting. Um, they're going to have him locked down. I actually think Jack Jones is a really good matchup for him, and I think Jack, yeah. they're going to put Jack Jones on him. Um, unless they're running him screens, I might go under one and a half. I really might. Target's over. I don't know if you could bet targets. Target's so over. So you think he'll get five under. five targets and he'll miss four of them. I love that. You are not an Akil yeah. Harry guy. <laughs> well, I mean, some of it's the quarterback and the like. Right. It's the whole offense. Yeah, it's, just, it's ugh, the whole thing. Right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's one. Potential trade targets for the deadline. Um, uh, I had, I talked about it a little bit on this show. I wrote about it on clnsmedia.com. I really think the Patriots should go after Shaq Thompson with the Panthers fire sale. I like what the Patriots defense has done this year. I've talked about it on the show plenty of times. I've tweeted about it. It's a thing. The Patriots defense has been legit. Their movement towards faster linebackers this offseason um, – has been pretty good so far, but they're still relying on guys with slower feet who have played well, like a Jelani Tavai. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to talk bad about Tavai anymore, but he plays that hybrid position. Shaq Thompson. He only makes $1.1 million this year. I believe. Um, Yeah. Shoots next year though. Yeah, I know, but that's, that's a next year decision. I mean, I think he's a guy who would fit the system and kind of the versatile playmaker they like. Um, so he's my one trade target. He's my one trade target is Shaq Thompson from the Panthers. I, he's a guy I definitely think they should go after in the off season. Totally okay. think they should go after him in the off season. He'll be on an expiring contract uh, with the $24 million cap hit. So that screams, get him on cheap money on an expiring deal, then rework the contract or get, get him for, for, for lesser value on expiring deal and rework the contract. I think he's 28. Yes. Yeah, so it'll be 29 yes, next year. Turn that last remaining year, split that money up into three years, add some new money on the back end. Like, love that in the offseason. Right now, this just this doesn't feel like the kind of team where they're going to make a major addition. Like, I could see them doing something like Isaiah Ford, if anybody remembers who that yeah. is when they traded for him in 2020. They gave up like a conditional seventh to get him, and he never actually played. Um, 
I just, I, this doesn't seem like a deadline team to me. I don't think this is going to be uh, a very active NFL trade deadline. I just don't think it, there's very few teams that like, who's really trading. Okay. The Panthers are the Panthers, but everybody else is sort of in it, right? There's not a ton of teams that are totally out of it right now. So I, I just don't think there's going to be a ton out there at the deadline and the Patriots aren't in a position to buy as much as other teams, you know, teams like the chiefs, uh, teams like the Eagles, teams like even the giants. So right. I, I, I don't see them making that big move. I, I, I think the Panthers are really interesting one to revisit in the off season, mm-hmm. really interesting to revisit in the off season, especially if I, they should hire Gerard Mayo. I mean, he'd be a perfect fit there. Um, yeah. And then maybe you good find, young studs on defense, right? You find somebody he likes here and you can work something out, but I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that they're going to make a big move at this this deadline. What about this? I mean, they could. I don't think they will. I don't think they will either. He visited you know, the I, Vikings today. Did he? He's visiting yeah. everywhere. Um, yeah, I know. Now nah, he's he's going to Kansas City, Buffalo, or back to L.A. Yeah, he's not going to come here. He's There's just chasing the... a ring. Yeah, exactly. Um. All right. I think that's... uh. Kendrick Bourne trade value, eh, I mean, again, we're. I mean, we kind of we kind of talked about that before. Yeah. The 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 value's low. I know Robbie Anderson's not a perfect comp because he obviously got traded due to extenuating circumstances. But right, you're not getting any. You're not you're not going to get a pick in the top 100. Maybe not the top 150. So I just I teams aren't going to give up a ton for him right now. That's something again right. you revisit in the off season. Right. Agreed. Um. I think that's a good place to wrap on the Q and a Alex, unless you see yep. any more no, good ones in good. the chat. Um, I think I we're good. good. I think we can uh, put a bow on Patriots versus bears preview. Um, again, yep. we will uh, let's wrap this up quickly with Thursday night football um, because well, wait, I told you, wait, no, I, t- I got a game. Oh, I actually have a prediction. You know what? You're totally right because so do I, and I will quickly go into it. There will be more on CLNSmedia.com with okay. my full Gambling prediction, the Patriots are nine-point favorites. I believe the total is 40 40 points. I'll have to double-check that. It might be a little higher. But I think Patriots win. I think they cover. I think it's – I think Matt comes in. I think they run the offense right. I don't think the Bears score a lot of points. Like you said, it's going to be a rainy Monday night. Um, I think the Patriots take care of business again, and they beat them big. You'll be able to read more on CLNS when you see it. But Alex has a prediction, which is I actually have a score prediction. So Let's hear it. There have been seven instances, six individual players, where a former Bill Belichick first-round draft pick came back and faced the Patriots as a member of another team at Gillette Stadium. It's happened seven times, six players, Daniel Graham, Ben Watson, Dominique Easley, Vince Wilfork twice in 2016, once in the regular season, once in the postseason with the Texans. Nate Solder came back with the Giants in 2019. And last year, Malcolm Brown came back with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So seven games. The Patriots are 7-0 and in those games. They have won by an average score of 35 to 12. So assuming Akil Harry plays, it would be the eighth such game of a former first round pick coming back to face the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. And by the way, some of the scores from these recent games last year, 50 to 10, the Giants game with Nate Solder, 35, 14. They shut out Vince Wilfork's Texans, 27, nothing. They beat Daniel Graham's Broncos, 41, seven. Assuming Akil Harry comes back. It will be the eighth time Bill Belichick faces a former draft, one of his former first round picks at Gillette Stadium. The average score of those games again, seven and zero. Patriots seven and zero. Average score of thirty five to twelve. I think you see where I'm going with this. 
Patriots 35, Bears 12. And I don't know if that's four field goals or them just screwing up a bunch of PATs or whatever. Maybe a safety, but 35-12. There you have it, guys. That is the first time in my short-ish reporting career here that I have ever heard a final score prediction come out of Alex Bart's mouth. So, and it's complete nonsense. It's not actually based on anything. complete nonsense. But there you have it, folks. 35-12 Patriots this weekend against the Bears on Monday night. Uh, it'll be a fun one. Me and Alex will both oh, be there. Oh, man, hang on. I got to drop this in real quick here. Okay. Uh, this this is just tweeted out by Mark Harmon. He covers the Bears. Okay. Bears defensive lineman Justin Jones plans on checking the balls Monday night. He oh, heard man. that Deflategate might still be going on. First thing you think of when you hear the name Bill Belichick, deflated balls, Justin Jones. I don't even want to start with Deflategate anymore because A, you know what? No, we'll just talk about the Robert Kraft report this week where he, Robert Kraft loves Roger Goodell. They are boys. They love running the NFL together. They're anti-Jerry Jones. They're, I just, I can't even do Deflategate anymore. Nonsense in what it was and... There's no animosity anymore for this with this organization and Roger Goodell. It's just gone well, speak, with Brady. Speak for I yourself. Think. Speak for yourself. So you, Robert Kraft, isn't on your side. I mean, as let's let's get into fandom. Robert Does Kraft's it a businessman. Robert Robert Kraft's a businessman. Robert Kraft's doing what's best for for the business. But he also wants to win football games. He said it himself last year that you know right. we getting haven't won a playoff game in three Goodell, years. Getting rid of Roger Goodell doesn't help them win playoff games. Yeah, but he almost screwed him out of a Super Bowl. That's he's, money. I, That's money in your team's pocket, Alex. And now he's just now he's just buddy buddy with him again. He was all, but he was always buddy. But the 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 feud was never Kraft and Goodell. Like I think that's the misunderstanding. The feud was never Kraft and Goodell. They were yeah, always on Kraft's good terms. Got, it was yeah, Brady but Kraft and has Goodell. to take his side. Come on. I, look, I whenever anybody sides against Jerry Jones, I. I generally believe they're on the right side of things. So No, I agree with that. And again, ultimately, I think I'm not going to say it. Never mind. I think Goodell has done an okay job as commissioner. There's been plenty of things that have gone awry, so I'm not going to put put all my eggs in one basket. But uh, yeah, I agree. Like you said, when you're against Jerry Jones, it's you're probably on the right side of things. So, um, But yeah, that's uh, who was it who said that about Deflategate? Some Bears defensive lineman, Justin Jones. Oh. That uh, talking talking junk against the Patriots doesn't tend to do too well for uh, for opposing player. So that's uh, I guess that's an interesting note. But let's get into Thursday Night Football, Alex, because we'll give picks and then we'll let you all go. But Saints yeah. at Cardinals tonight uh, in Arizona. Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. The total is 44. Andy Dalton seems to be at the helm for the Saints. I believe they're giving Jameis Winston another week to rest. Um, another interesting primetime matchup here on Thursday night. Both the Saints and the Cardinals are, I would say, underachieving this year so far. I feel like they both teams sort of had decent expectations to maybe both compete for at least playoff spots here. And uh, in the back end, seven seed type type teams, but they're both two and four. And uh, they're just, you know, I think Cliff Kingsbury is the favorite to be the first coach fired. So, uh uh, where do you see this game going ultimately, Alex? I think it's a Cardinals game here. I think the Cardinals take it, but uh, what say you? Well, you, do you know what happened today in the world of uh, the world of video games? I can't say I do. The new Call of Duty game dropped. 
So I'm going to take the Saints. Okay. I'm going to take the Saints. All right. Kyler, Kyler Murray, if you don't know, Kyler Murray, a big video gamer, signed a big contract extension this offseason. In the fine print was that he had to watch a certain amount of film a week outside of the uh, football office, and he could not do so while playing video games. So Kyler Murray, always on COD. There's a... There's plenty of stats too that come out where like when there's like double XP weekends and like different events and <laughs> things like that, like he loses, he throws interceptions. It's great. It's good stuff. So COD came out. So that's, I have a hard time so picking taking the, the Saints now, quite so frankly. I'm taking yeah. the Saints. Yeah. All right. I like it. Uh, there you have it, folks. I think something about Kyler, he actually plays pretty good on, uh, on primetime games. I remember there was one game, uh, I think they played the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, and uh, I can't remember if they won or not. But he's he's an electric player to watch. I mean, he's I don't know about you know his future with the Cardinals and where they'll go with Cliff and all that, but they're a fun team. Uh, they get DeAndre Hopkins back tonight uh, from his six game uh, PED suspension, so uh, should be a fun one. So go check that out. Um, we will wrap here. That's our predictions. I got Cardinals. Alex has Saints. Uh, last week I won. Just saying, I had the Commanders and you had the uh, the Bears. Yeah, so. I put too much. I, I I mean, I put too much stock in Carson Wentz just being super deflated over yeah. what Ron Rivera said. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see if my nonsense pick hits this week. Yes, yes, we're against each other tonight. So uh, there yeah. you have it. Patriots beat on this lovely Thursday. Patriots play Monday night, so that's why there's an extra day in here. And this was the first injury report of the week, etc. But I'll be at Gillette Saturday. Alex will be there the rest of the week. We'll both be there Monday night to have you all covered. He'll be on 98.5 The Sports Hub. You can check him out there. I'll be on clnsmedia.com as well as you can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Mike Catholic and he's at Real Alex Barth. Again, the Patriots welcome the Chicago Bears to Gillette Stadium for Monday Night Football with an 8.15 kickoff. Mac Jones set to be back. We went through it all here on the podcast, so please check it out. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week for two podcasts again, so we will see you then. Thank you all.